0: a timeout decide not to use it curry way downtown bang bang oh what a shot from curry
1: what's up everybody you're listening to the Pod is sean here with you joined by rohan naranjan and yash joshi on another nba podcast this week we're talking about that mavs clippers game seven that just wrapped up today they're sets to place the utah jazz and of course the phoenix suns have advanced to the next round and they'll be taking on the denver nuggets uh, last time around, you know, we were talking about LeBron, how he's falling off a cliff, per se. And that's the topic for another day. But that Laker team didn't get, or that LA team rather, did not get a game seven. Clipper team did. They came through. What do you guys think of? I think a recap of the series in general, and how will this impact their run going forward? I'll just blatantly say at first, I think that I think that they they're really making a run for the title. I'm just going to say that.
0: (laughs) I think Kawhi has been like he's shown us that he can be the best player in the world again. Like, I think for a little while there, a lot of people forgot how good Kawhi was in his 2019 finals run. And with Paul George, the Clippers underperformed last year and they got off to a shaky start this series. They were down 0-2 and a lot of people, including myself, are like, are the Clippers going to blow this up? Are they going to, like, fail again in the first round? If it was going to happen, like, I know all of us would have made fun of the Clippers quite a bit. But, you know, shout out to Ty Lue, shout out to Paul George, shout out to Kawhi Leonard. They all had a good series after those first two games, and they clutched it up in this uh, game seven. I know Luka, Luka's Luke just a god, guys. Like, like, he gave it his all, but, like, his team just, it's not built well around him. And, like, that's another story. I'm not talking about the Mavericks right now, but shout out to the Clippers. And I think against the Jazz, they should be able to take them in, like, maybe six games. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, like, the Jazz make it, like, a real series because a lot of people are undermining what the Jazz can do, and they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. So, hopefully, like, it can be a good series, six or seven.
1: So, Yash, you're talking about, like, the way that you frame that, at least, sounds like Clippers seem like your favorite in that series, despite the Jazz being the number one seed. That's how you're I th- framing I- it. I think,
0: yeah, I think the Clippers are my favorite. I think I would pick them to win Clippers in – six but this is not like a, it would not be a huge surprise to me if the jazz pulled it out i wouldn't be like oh my god this is like the biggest upset ever does
2: that make sense
1: absolutely i agree with that i can see that rohan how about you shoot your shot over here give me what you mm-hmm. what you're feeling with this clips
2: jazz. yeah i i kind of agree with Josh too um i'm thinking clippers in six but i think this series is going to come down to how much help Kawhi can get from his supporting cast um as we saw in game seven today he had a pretty good game 10 for 15, 28 points, but I think the real key to this game was Marcus Morris making uh, seven threes, which was, I I believe he tied Steph Curry for the uh, highest number of threes in a game seven playoff game. So I think that Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum, I guess Paul George too, depending on what kind of Paul George we see from a game-to-game basis. And if if he can just get solid contributions from that starting five and then terrence man luke Kennard coming off the bench um and you know whatever happens with rondo happens with rondo but i think that that's going to be the key to see if they can beat the jazz who i feel like everyone's kind of underrating like yash said going into the series this could end up being you know one of those series where the jazz just get hot for a couple of games and just take over but it's going to be hard to stop Kawhi. i think that's 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 the big thing just like who's going to stop Kawhi on the jazz and how much help can Kawhi get offensively from his team.
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough that you mentioned you know about the Jazz getting hot for a couple of games here and there. You know, let it be known that they did lose game one against the Grizzlies, but Donovan Mitchell wasn't in that game. So we can have that weird little stat saying, Hey, Donovan Mitchell's undefeated in the playoffs this year. You know, just to put that out there, he's four-0 right now. But I, I agree with both of you. I'm very, you know, I'm tilting towards taking the Clippers and six as well. Um, I could see it going into seven once again in the Clippers' favor. The only thing is I just believe that, you know, Donovan Mitchell is certainly going to be like the Luca of the series, if that makes sense. You know, he's probably going to have better nights than Kawhi, obviously better than Paul George, I I believe as well. But Clippers overall, I think are going to, you know, prevail. The fact that they came back from this deficit in this Mav series just proves that this team is different, and I hope, you know, I'm I'm saying that with confidence and hope. You know, Clipper Nation. I hope this is the year that you guys at least make a Western Conference Finals appearance. Not to say you guys are a finals team or a championship team just yet, but it's it's almost like I need to see a couple more games to have a decent enough sample size to be like, hey, you know, that this is this is a good year for the Clippers going to the offseason as well.
2: I think this is the year that the Clippers need to definitely take advantage of the scenario going forward, you know. The Lakers are not in the playoffs. They got bounced first round. I think that was obviously their biggest contender to, at least in the West. So I feel like their, their path to the finals at least is manageable. You know, you have teams like the Suns, the Nuggets, the Jazz, who I get, we can all agree they're good teams, but I don't know if we thought in the beginning of the season that these are going to be the last three teams other than the Clippers uh, left in the West. So I think that the Clippers can take full advantage of the situation. And, and, you know, the championship or bust for this team, I don't care. Like, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a free agent after, during this offseason. So he's going to have a big decision to make depending on how this playoff run shapes out after, like, a shaky series um, against the Mavericks, which just happened.
0: Uh, before, I like, I, I, I talk about the Clippers, because, Rohan, I do want to address Kawhi Leonard in the offseason. I want to talk about something that Sean said. And, like, I'm not sure that I agree. He said Donovan Mitchell was going to be the Luka of this series. See, like no slight to donovan mitchell he's great and i think he has the potential to be one of the best players in the league in maybe five or so years but luca is already up there he's a top five arguably player in the league at this moment in time and he only didn't beat the clippers because he has literally no one chris stops was a former all-star but he has fallen off a cliff i think we can all agree he was not even the mavs second best player this series like I'm pretty embarrassed for Chris tops Like Bobon 7-3 and he outperformed him in the last couple games. But talking about um Kawhi Leonard again, I think that if they lost to the Clippers in the first um lost to the Mavericks in the first round, he was probably gonna leave. But now that they did get out of that series and that they won in seven games, I think there's a pretty good chance that he stays, even if they lose to the Jazz unless they get, like, swept, maybe, but I, I just don't see that happening, that this should be a good series, and I, I think Kawhi is, like, pretty secure in LA because of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that, you know, we'd love to get into a lot of this offseason talk. A lot of rumors have been emerging, um, but that is a topic for another day. I will refrain from diving into all of those crazy scenarios, but um, another series that is certainly worth mentioning, of course, the Nuggets and Suns that's been set, and I think that we're going to have a Pretty decent split. I don't know who you guys are picking, but I think out of all of the semifinal, you know, matchups that I'm seeing, that both the East and the West, this is the one matchup that I'm like, who's winning? Like, I don't know who's winning, and I don't want to say like, oh, I'm not confident in my pick, but I'm just going to blatantly say like, I'm uneasy with my pick. As in, if someone, if I say the Suns are going to win, and you know, Josh or Rohan, one of you guys say Nuggets are going to win, I'm going to be like, hey. You know, you might be right too. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to be too stubborn about this pick, but um, I'm. I'm tilting Suns. I'll just say that. I want to say. I think this is a seven-game series. I can't see it ending in six because I feel like both of these teams are really well-built teams. They have their star players, but overall, ice teams. This is why they got to this point. They finished both of their first-round matchups up in six games, and here they are in the semifinals with. A trip to the Western Conference Finals on the line, so I'm going to take the Suns and six. I'll get to the explaining later based on your guys's picks as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree, Sean. I think it's going to be Suns and six, maybe seven. Uh, I just don't know if the depth of the Nuggets can last as long as it has against the Blazers in the previous series. Um, I think just Devin Booker has been an outstanding player, even in his first in you know, a real playoff series. And he's just kind of proven, you know, experience isn't all what you think it is. Um, as we saw against the Lakers, a team kind of just crumbled on um, game six, game five. It was just kind of an embarrassing showing from them. And I think that the Suns handled business well. Uh, Devin Booker showed he can play up into the highest lights. And he has Chris Paul. He has DeAndre Eden, Mikael Bridges, Jay Kyra, all like valuable pieces in his starting lineup. But I think that the main uh, engine, obviously, is going to be Booker's scoring so we can see if they can build around that. But I think just the guard play for the Nuggets with Compazzo, Monte Morris, uh, I don't know if that's going to be enough to beat the uh, backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So I think just Jamal Murray's injury is going to hurt the Nuggets a lot this year, and that's fine. This just might not be their year for it, even though Jokic's playing at, at an MVP level. But I'm, I'm going to say Suns and Six, too, just because I think that they're overall the better team, um, health-wise and just roster-wise.
0: Honestly, I think we have a clean sweep here. I'm going to go a little bit bold here and say I think the Suns can finish out in 5 because they're kind of by far the more complete team heading into the second round. Firstly, they played the Lakers and 1 in 6, and the Nuggets played the Blazers and 1 in 6. So, yeah, they both played 6 games, but one of them played significantly tougher competition in LeBron James. So, I do think that the Suns they already have playoff experience in playing LeBron James in the, like the round before and okay, as long as Chris Paul is healthy, they have a fully healthy roster of Deba, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and the Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray. So I just think that as long as DeAndre Ayton can put a body on Nicole Jokic and, you know, limit him to a 25-point triple-double, if it's not like a 40-point triple-double, I think, I, I think the Suns have a chance to win this series pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, what Yash was saying over here about DeAndre Ayton putting a body on Nikola Jokic, his son's doing that rather. Um, It's something that the Blazers were unable to do for most of the series. I think Rohan was even mentioning on a podcast uh, last week about like, you know, they're putting like Carmelo out there on him and Nurkic is just fouling out. Like it's just, it's just not a good look, but DeAndre Ayton has been extremely dominant in this playoff run, his first playoff run as well. Um, similar to Devin Booker, of course. And Devin Booker has the ability. I don't want to say that he's going to have one of those 55-point games like Dame, but he's just as good as a shooter right now in the playoffs that I like to take over in a game that the Nuggets can pay.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, we all agree that Devin Booker is just kind of that guy. Um, but it, interesting to to note that uh, a couple of days ago, Jokic said that DeAndre Aiden was one of uh, the dudes who guarded him the hardest and that he's played against. So that was kind of high praise coming from um, DeAndre Aiden, who's just in his second or third year. But what do you guys think is going to be the Suns' biggest problem, um, either offensively or defensively against his team? We know that Aiden can take Jokic, but is there any other way where the Suns don't match up well against the Nuggets? I,
0: I think the Suns. I think we should be asking this question the other way, because the Suns honestly have to stop Jokic, right? Jokic is the center of the offense for the Nuggets, and they have the big body in Aiden. Aiden's their third best player, and he's an above-average defender. He's not an elite defender yet, but he's much better than anyone the Blazers had put on him, including Nurkic. And when Nurkic was in foul trouble, the Blazers had literally no one to put on him. So at least the Suns are better in that category. But flipping the script, the Nuggets have no one to put on D-Book and CP. Like, Jamal Murray's out. I know, like, they can put, like, a couple of, like, Composo or Austin Rivers. And honestly, composo has been good, like, guarding some of those guards. But he can only guard either one of CP3 or Book. And the other one, like, will have a lot of free reign to just go off and do their thing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Yash kind of took the words out of my mouth right there. You know, he did a great job breaking down that matchup completely. Um, It just comes like, you know, when push comes to shove in a one possession game in the fourth quarter, like I like the Suns to close it out just because, you know, D-Book is a spot up shooter. Um, Chris Paul really stretches the floor out extremely well. And like, you know, the way that he can just pull back and hit those like crazy off-step jumpers is just absurd. Like it's just unguardable. It's almost like Jokic's shot on some level. But, um, you know, all the talk about DeAndre and like we have to remember there was someone else in a, the same draft that's going off and his name's Trey Young in the East. They just stole game one in Philly. And and I mean that realist like they really stole game one because Embiid was Embiid was healthy there. Philly doesn't have any excuses, um, but we do have to give a shout out to the Sixers, though. They were really given a push at the end. And I was extremely entertained. And I'm, I'm going to, Yash, go ahead say what you wanted to say about that Super Bowl thing. I love that comment.
0: Um, honestly, I just wanted to say those Atlanta fans, they're having some serious Super Bowl flashbacks. Like towards the end of that game, I, I, I thought the Hawks had closed it out in the third quarter. So I wasn't really paying attention in the early, early on in the 40s. I was like, yeah, Trey Young should probably close it out. I checked my phone with four minutes left, and what the heck? It's a four-point game, and I'm like, yo, Atlanta's about to blow this lead again. And then Sean posts that on the fan list. You know, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram for that latest news. And, you know, Atlanta fans, you guys close it out, but it's going to be a tough series going on forward.
2: Yeah, that was wild. Um, definitely, I was in the same boat, Josh, yeah, watching the game, and then all of a sudden, five, six minutes left. like The game is just back in a few points reach. And I think that that's kind of worrisome if you're a Hawks fan going forward, like you had a great game. Um, Ben Simmons had just another atrocious game at the free throw line. And I think that it's just not going to be good for this team going forward. If Philly can just play dominantly defensively, like they've done before. Um, So if they can just play defense, like they did in the fourth quarter of the entire game, Philly should be able to win comfortably. And I think that the Hawks, Um, have a lot to be worried about even though they stole this game uh, in game one
1: I think that you know going back to of course Yash's comment on you know the city of Atlanta just like choking it away like my reply to that is like if in the off chance that the Hawks get out to a 3-1 lead then I will be like okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if they choke that, it's like, oh boy, you know, that that's when the real flashbacks will start hitting. But um, I think, I'm yeah, again, I'm not really concerned about Philly. If anything, I want to say Doc Rivers took preparation too lightly. Ben Simmons underestimated Trey Young. Um, just overall, and I think the team was like, hey, Embiid's coming back. We're going to be good. He dropped a playoff career high 39 points, I believe it was today. Um, wasn't enough, obviously, but, um, I'm really not concerned. I knew that the Hawks were going to steal a game in Philly. It was just a gut feeling. I have this series being tied at two, two a piece at the end of game four, but, um, I have the Sixers winning that five and six. I'm really going to ride strong on that Sixers and six prediction. Um, the fact that Embiid was able to play today is a great sign. I thought he would have missed game one, possibly even game two, depending on how Philly did without him on the floor. But um, I'm still going to stick with um, the Sixers and Six. Uh, what about you guys?
0: I think I'm going to stick with the Sixers and Six as well, just because Trey Young had such a good game this um, this game, and they pulled it out. And, you know, Joel Embiid, while we said he was, like, you know, healthy enough to play, I don't think he's 100% healthy. And I'm going to put that as, like, a risk for the Sixers out there. And because of that, if Embiid has to take, you know, let's say during practice, Game he uh, restrains that knee, and he's out for game two, game three, game four. The Hawks can definitely steal another one, so I think the Sixers in Six is a pretty safe prediction.
2: Yeah, um, I'm kind of echoing you guys there. I'm a little hesitant to say in Six just because they lost the first game, but I feel like if they come out game two strong, um, especially defensively, and limit people like uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, John Collins, and Kevin Herter, like those two, those three combined for. 57. And it just can't happen if you're the Sixers. Um, You need to limit, basically just limit anyone. We know Trey's going to go off, but you can't let um, two other starters combine for 42 and a bench player, throw another 15, 16. So I'm going to say Sixers and six for now, but I would be concerned. Again, Yashi said that we don't know if Embiid is 100%. I feel like he's never really been 100% throughout his career. He always has reoccurring uh, injuries which flare up from time to time so his health is always that x factor which you gotta say um we just gotta hope it doesn't bother him going forward in the series so let's 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 i guess we're all saying sixers and six for now but it's going to be an interesting game too um and my prediction could change after that after seeing that game
1: fair yep speaking of injuries of course james harden uh he's out with a hamstring injury in that bucks net series um, certainly was tough to see him. I think he went out within like the first minute of the, of game one. Um, but you know, Katie and Kyrie, you know, we know, and we love them. They went out, closed out that game. Um, again, not too concerned about the Nets winning this series, but I am concerned about the long-term health of James Harden down the stretch. Um, I'm still going to stick with Nets and six in that prediction. Um, uh, but before I do kick it off to you guys as well, I would just like to say that, you know, talking about Joel Embiid's health as well, I feel like he's not going to be 100% the rest of the playoffs, if that makes sense. And that's just something that I think it might come out later, you know, when we knew it was like like LeBron, that thing came out when he was injured and they were like, oh, he was only 85% healthy. And I was like, oh, okay, I mean, it's all, that stuff only comes out when you lose sometimes when you win it might come out down the stretch but it's it's I don't want to say it's an excuse but it's a trending topic immediately after a loss or whatever it is like they're like hey this is what we were dealing with during this loss or this is what we were going through and I'm like okay I get it and I genuinely do believe that Embiid is on that same boat of not being 100% and with that being said I believe that the winner of the Nets and the Bucks series is quite frankly booking their tickets to the NBA finals because I don't care who they play, even if it's the Hawks. I'm not trying to discredit them. Even if the Hawks move past Philly, I am um, i don't want to say that I'm underestimating them, but I genuinely do believe that whichever team kind of wins the series is going to the finals.
0: Before we jump into that Bucks net series, I just want to go back to what Sean was talking about earlier with like the injuries and Embiid not being 100%. I think at this time of year, no one's a hundred percent, especially this year with the shortened off season. A lot of teams were in the bubble. Everyone's uh, like playing with their last legs. Everyone has some form of injury or another, and like that's just a part of playing in the league. And that's why I think we've seen a lot more injuries this season than like you know in years past. But it is what it is, and I guess it's a part of the sport. You know, it's probably the worst part of the sport, but we just got to deal with it. And you know, hopefully, our series is going forward. Are like. Played with the least amount of injuries possible but like speaking of injuries you know James Harden's out for the Nets series and after I saw him go down I thought like that Bucks like that Bucks team should have capitalized on that they should have taken like bigger lead than they were able to and just kind of put that game away because the Nets were kind of stunned by that injury in the beginning but then Katie came out Kyrie Irving who didn't have the best game but you know he was like good for like Kyrie Irving standards and then Blake Griffin oh my god Blake Griffin he was like useless in Detroit. He came out now when it matters most, like we're seeing LA Blake and I'm actually kind of happy. Like if Blake wins a ring, I think like a lot of people would be kind of excited. What about you, Rohan? Wait,
1: Josh, you seem like the only guy that's like so stoked about Blake Griffin in Brooklyn. And it's like, yo, you're like reacting to this news too late, but I get it. I'm happy that he's popping off. But I think the big storyline is James Harden, bro. Kyrie Irving, bro, Kevin Durant, bro, like nah, nah. that guy. This guy <laughs> Joe Harris been went off in the playoffs, and you're sitting here in front of me. You're like Blake Griffin, my
0: man. Now, nah, but I like, see we know Kyrie, KD, James Harden. Like if you were playing, they were gonna go off. Blake Griffin was like everyone was saying like, oh, he hadn't dunked in like two years, was it? So like, I want to give my man some shout outs. Like he's proven people wrong. Just like I Carmelo. I swear to
1: God, I swear to God, you've mentioned that he's not dunked in two years and he came to Brooklyn doing that. You've mentioned like two so or three times in so different times. podcasts I love, episodes. I love but... dude,
0: the man <laughs> finesse. The man finesse 70 million dollars in the picture. <laughs> it's it's like, like it's like,
1: like, nah, basically he's like a, his career. exactly. It's like a it's like a I don't know how to say it, it's like a, a robbery that was legal. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. that's exactly. what we call finesse i mean sometimes sometimes you just don't want to play for a team which is down in the dumps. <laughs> look bro. at yash like...
1: out here he's teaching me the <laughs> definition of finesse loving blake griffin but all right rohan when, when I'm, gonna, on, I'm gonna kick it out you're on to the,
0: you, the POD. you learn something new every day <laughs>
1: all right rohan all right let's how about this let let me and yash let's let's learn something about rohan's prediction <laughs>
2: That's uh, uh, yeah as much as i love talking about blake griffin um i feel like the Bucks kind of had a chance to you know steal this one you know uh, especially with the heart injury in the first minute i just feel like they didn't capitalize drew holiday was i believe seven for 19 and chris middleton was six for 23 um just unacceptable from a game one standpoint you got to jump out especially off that heart injury i don't know why they didn't capitalize more on that chris middleton was over five from three supposed to be a supposed to be a three-point specialist um and if i'm honest i'm just you know cursing the rest of my team like i dropped 34 and you guys didn't do jack shit to help me um and we're all but but the encouraging thing is we only lost by eight you know so maybe if middleton and Hall to holiday can kind of get their shit together offensively um and Giannis does this thing it can be a better game in game two especially though now that we know that james harden is confirmed out for game two so it's going to be an interesting game two to uh if I were to, um, to see, but if I were to predict game two, I would say that the Bucks steal it just because I think that um, coach Bud has to change his rotation a little bit, play Giannis more minutes. I think Giannis is going to talk to Middleton and Holiday, at least the, these, you know, yesterday and today, you know, you guys got to do your thing. Like just help me out a little bit. Um, and we can steal one, especially when Harden's gone. So that's my prediction for game two, but I'm going to still say next and six.
0: I do not think Giannis is going up to Chris Middleton saying, yo, help me out a little bit, bro.
2: He needs to, bro. Like, what, what are we paying for? Like, like these Dude, are the that's... teammates you surround me with. Like, you, 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 you bring me Drew Holiday, and then game one in the playoff game, he goes seven for 19. Or maybe. I, like, why didn't why I just leave? If I'm Giannis, why didn't I just leave Milwaukee and go to a better franchise? Yeah, he's oh, got to be paid then, at some point. He's
0: he signed a five-year contract, so yeah, like, we're we're he did we're, that well, to himself. we're
1: well past we're an off Fair season enough. past that. Rohan, all right, where he's not coming to the Warriors, all right. Like,
2: oh, don't <laughs> just remind. Just me, accept bro. that.
1: But um, yeah, maybe, maybe he's not going up to Chris Middleton saying, "Hey, can you help me out a little bit, bro?" But maybe they're praying, you know, like Josh saying, "Like, oh, I I hope Blake Griffin doesn't go off on us, man." Like, I think, but but I will give you this. It's. It's bad for the Bucks, and Blake Griffin's making a three-ball. Like, like that's when that's when you know it's bad. But um, we will definitely see how that series, you know, kind of progresses. I do kind of agree with Rohan. I think that if the Bucks should steal a game, it has to be now, um, very early on in the series, as both these teams are definitely trying to figure out their matchups down the stretch. Um, I don't want to say that I am I am in no means happy that James Harden is hurt, but. From a viewer perspective, I think that's much more intriguing to see how this series is going to turn out because it's like, you know, with Harden on the court, like, I think that even without him, we still have the Nets as favorites. The expectation is still they should win. You still have Katie and Kyrie. Like, there should no not be any excuses um, of any kind from this Brooklyn team. But, um, you know, I just wanted to leave that out there. Of course, you know, I'm wishing Harden the best. You know, hope he's back on the court. I definitely want to see that. Pardon Giannis' matchup just a tad bit more, you know, after what he said last year with the whole comments, the All Star game, you know. Oh,
2: it's been a back and forth for years. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, that's all that we got for you guys today. Stay tuned for more at Pod and at Live on Instagram for the fastest NFL and NBA news. Signing off for you, Sean Ramachandran, joined by Rohan and Yash. And Yash love for Blake Griffin, of course. See you guys next time.